Put your titties on the table. Put your saggy ball sack on the table. Uh, screw it. We'll figure it out. Let's see how, you know, we'll see what happens. Let me, man let me mansplain it to you. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to Dowdy. I'm Mariana Feijal, and I'm on a quest to change the dictionary entry for the word brave, or just using that as an excuse to have conversations with people about moments in their lives in which they have been brave, or just slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I've decided to take a holiday. Today is also the day that Simone Biles just took a break from the Olympics for mental health reasons because she was feeling too much pressure. And she decided to step down from the competition, from the final, the group final, or whatever it's called. I'm not that into the Olympics and gymnastics, so some of these may be inaccurate, because it's what I remember from the articles I read. <laughs> I know she's a gymnast, I know she's one of the greatest ever, and I know the Olympics are going on, and I know she just stepped down from a final and it's apparently because of mental health. Uh, <laughs> the last like month or even more, I've been feeling like doing nothing. I don't feel creative. I don't feel like uh, working. I think like I've had enough because I've been working mostly nonstop from January 2020 now. As a freelancer, it's a little hard to take breaks, especially if you're not like traveling to find to explore this faraway land <laughs> but i am i'm away for a week and i'm looking forward to it and i hope that it will be enough to recharge all my energy so i can come back stronger and start doing shows and performing and not feeling like i just want to do nothing <laughs> I've also sort of been brave because the first of my seaside queer history clubs happened. And I've talked about them before and I've talked about the wank mag that's being printed. The wank mag wasn't ready yet, so I wasn't yet able to put my hands on my printed naked body. But <laughs> it was projected onto a wall. <laughs> Huge. Uh, as the the person who is coordinating the project ej scott was talking about a project and then they started introducing the people who were present and as he introduced me the photo that was used for the wank mag was projected on the wall huge i wasn't expecting it i think i took it well i think i i i <laughs> I think it was okay. Uh, yeah, that is me. Uh, and yes, my name is Mariana. And yes, this was a great project and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> that will happen three more times. And maybe in the next one, there will be people I know there. <laughs> Besides all the people who were part of the project who had already seen it because everyone looked at the proof. So it felt like slightly less also some of them were there uh, projected big on a wall as well with bare bits <laughs> so that's my update on my hot girl summer i will also say in this intro that i've learned a lot by trying to do these highlighted or highlight episodes 
I'm just leaving. I I paused. I know I paused, but I think you can hear in the recording a flush and my flatmate steps down the stairs. Um, and I thought I'd use this little bit of sound to say I'm looking forward to moving house. But back to <laughs> to what I've learned by doing these highlight episodes is that I... I guess like you learn as you do, right? And that's why I'm doing a podcast because I'm learning as I do. I've learned that if I want to do highlighted episodes in the second season, I must in each episode. Now it was a door shutting. <laughs> I must do in each episode while I edit. I must save the highlights that I want to use later on at the end of the series because this was like torture <laughs> to listen to 50 odd episodes and try to find highlights and see what makes sense to go together so I think these highlights episodes are weird combinations of, of things <laughs> but I hope that I don't know if you listen and if you hear something you find interesting that you go back and listen to those episodes. That's why, partly why I was doing these highlight episodes. Also because I want to use some of those things to like make up a trailer or use as like the intro bits for the podcast in the second season. Hopefully I will have time to edit it all before the first episode of the second season, which I said was coming out on the 4th of August and I'm going to try my best to... <laughs> to make happen and I'm like saying all this very honestly on the intro because one I feel like I'm very honest with my creative process and my like technical uh, abilities and all of that during this podcast and this is all a learning process I'm learning by doing and maybe if you have a podcast this will resonate with you but also a thing that came up in some of the episodes I just re-listened to is how the image we put out into the world is slightly different than the reality. And I don't want it to look like I am I have it all together <laughs> and that I'm... Uh, first, you wouldn't believe it, because not all, not all of my, the episodes of this podcast are sleek, if any. But, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I swear I haven't drank anything, but I just feel like laughing yeah not all episodes of this podcast if any are slick so you wouldn't believe it if i came here just and said oh it's all very easy i'm 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 an expert at everything but i think it's maybe important to be open about the struggles that exist when you are doing a podcast all by yourself with limited <laughs> knowledge of tech and audio and and practice so practice makes perfect, and maybe by the end of the second season, these episodes will be slick. <laughs> I've mentioned at the same time of the flush noise and the going down the stairs noise that I'm looking forward to moving house. I am moving house not because my flatmate goes down the stairs, but because <laughs> that's like just normal people need to move, right? Although my flatmate most of the times doesn't know I'm home because I'm apparently very silent. So you can be silent. And I think I'm noisy because I'm listening to music and stuff like that. But I don't know. 
again, I'm, I'm just rambling, but I am moving house because my contract is ending and I don't want to sign another year contract, partly because I have had enough of living with the same person who is not someone I love and I'm partnered with for over 40 years. That's part of the reason. Another part is that the house is kind of old and the agency is not that great. And I'd really love to try and live by myself. I don't have a place to live yet. I don't think I can afford living by myself. I need to move out by the end of September. <laughs> yeah, this is just one, one, one more little worry that I'll have to deal with but also like if you're listening and you know of um of an affordable one bedroom or studio apartment in london preferably in east london preferably in hackney let me know if you are listening and you are a benefactor who has like a flat in london a house in london something in london that you think "Mm, i'm not using it Mm, i don't need money Maybe I can just like rent it out for five, six hundred pounds to a creative person who is needing to move. Hey, I'm here. I will appreciate the the roof over my head from September on. Also, like if you now that I'm apparently asking for stuff, if you're listening and you are putting on a play in London, are doing, like, recording a series, a web series, a film, are, like, wanting to record for posterity your current relationship, your kid as a young child, your pregnancy. I don't know. If you want to record those things via the medium of photography, hit me up. I... I'm here to photograph your events, your plays, your creative endeavors, your life for money. Do get in touch after the 9th of August. I'm here to to do that. And like there's a lot of other things I can offer as part of the work I do. I will hopefully also after the 9th of August because I don't have time till then. And I'm not doing it while I'm on holiday. I will update my website with all the things, including this podcast, which is not on my (laughs) website yet, even though I've been doing it for a year. (sighs) I think I need to stop recording because I'm getting too excited. (laughs) Sounds like I'm losing my mind. I also have like 10 minutes to leave the house to make it to my capoeira class in time. Good news, the showers are open now because they've been closed for a long time due to COVID. But since all restrictions have been lifted, we can now shower after class. So I don't need to be a smelly person anymore. (laughs) She's good that this is an audio medium and you can't smell me. (laughs) I have been told before that I have a problem with smell and the way I smell and that I think I smell bad when I don't smell bad and maybe that's true I have to say though I don't know why I'm not stopping but I'm just now I'm rambling so let's ramble Uh, I have to say that when I did have COVID early in March 2020 I lost my smell 
and it was weird and then for a while I had a phantom smell where everything smelled like a rotting onion and it was really weird because I couldn't feel things normally like I I wasn't horny and I didn't wank for that whole period and so I realized that like I need to smell my smell in order to be in the mood for some self-love which maybe makes sense and even before it, because I can understand not wanting to wank because it <laughs> smells like rotten onion. <laughs> but even before, when, like, in the absence of smell, the same thing happened. And I was very happy when my smell returned and I could happily return to wanking. <laughs> now that, like, I've gone in way big tangents. <laughs> I'm going to just like edit together all the highlights I took out from all of the episodes and that I haven't used in the two highlight episodes that have been up and try and make some sense of this episode that you will listen now after my longest rambling. So this episode of Dowdy starts again with no one introducing themselves. I hope you enjoy it. So to me, this is big lie, right? And I yeah. feel like we all have to accept that it's just a echo chamber of our proudest achievements. Yes. And it doesn't reflect in that. But I think, like, <laughs> as performative as social media is and as, like, depression and anxiety-inducing as it <laughs> often is, I think that it also is a space where, like, you can make other people feel seen by just, like, showing yourself. You know, when we're looking at other people f- through, I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors or what, but we're wishing that we were more like them. If the, if everyone spoke out and said, actually, I'm not really, really confident. I just do because I know I have to do. Maybe that's... And I'm a gay man, a queer man. And I think when you are vocal about that and when you speak to that, those moments like coming out to people and stating your identity, those have been moments of bravery for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to just be like, just straight. Because I date across the gender spectrum. I remember I was quite religious uh, as a kid. I got I grew up Christian, but I definitely like read the Bible and I definitely believe, you know, in Christianity. And, you know, I remember being mad at God in high school being like, why did you, why did you make me like this? You know, if you're supposed to be like this really cool guy, like I don't understand. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it was, it was taught to me, like this is something you should stay away from at all costs. And I said, I'm probably the only person in the world who had to leave San Francisco to come out as gay. And maybe this was self-imposed pressure, but you know, there is a certain, everyone's kind of American dreaming over there, right? Everyone's kind of trying to make it in that life. You have your your position in society, you have your your goals. Uh, And so when it comes to relationships and being whatever, you know, everyone's still working towards having finding a great partner and having a nice family, et cetera. So because I was in a certain track, which was the heteronormative track, you know, I, Mm -hmm. uh, it was hard to switch lanes and even though there was that whole community that was embracing there, um, I wasn't tapped into it. So I, I really yeah. didn't have interactions with that. And so it was tough to it was tough to be able to think about that as a possibility. People have very clear ideas of queer. And if you don't fit into that, it literally blows their mind. I don't need to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm fucking men. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. And I will so. also tell you how many and how frequently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm a top or a bottom, yeah. we live in a culture that's like very tied to monogamy and the idea that like we should be sort of like partnered up. So it's another place where it's like, 
oh, am I trying to do this because of this like thing I've been fed my whole life? Or, and is there something else out there that like, I should feel just as like happy in, Mm -hmm. right? So there's some discovery there too. I'm always looking behind me for a murderer. (laughs) I don't know if it was great. You know, I just got into a man's car (laughs) and hoped I could get home. But also I have found that if you let people know that you are attracted to them, actually quite often they do go for it. And that it's a much more effective way of getting to bone than not telling anyone ever. Mm, Love at first sight, maybe. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to do it. It's gay Christmas. You can't sit back and and watch shit happen and hope that you come out like roses. You can't. I, I know it's easy to do that. You can't always exist in a rage. You know, you have to enjoy life and understand that it is complex and these things take time and this anger that you have is a manifestation of a frustration of just your ultimate ability that you can't control the world guess what no one can i think it's actually not a gamble it's certain that the government at least the uk government will do (laughs) something stupid the rise of fascism in the united states is scary to watch i can only imagine living in europe that's much scarier because there are still people there's plenty of people alive who remember the last time the fascism yeah. came to power in Europe and how devastating that was. I don't know how I feel about them calling it settled yeah. status because it used to be permanent residence. And permanent residence means something. You have the word permanent in, <laughs> permanent in it. Is it residence? So you know that you are a resident. But when you have settled status, what does it mean to be settled? Yeah. You know, settled is not a word that have a good meaning anywhere. When you settle for something, exactly. it's not a good thing. <laughs> when you settle for, some- for someone, you're going to have a terrible marriage. This way, you- <laughs> I was settling for the UK. Is this what is That's happening? like part of the thing. That's part of the reason why I haven't done it yet. Because I yeah. hate to- the word and I hate uh, the feeling that we're all being put in like a little bag of everyone we don't want here but we can't really throw away let's just put them yeah. in a bag until the time that we can throw them away and they're all inside exactly. an easy bag that we can find exactly yeah the reason that private school people get further a lot of the time is because they know of opportunities and they're taught a confidence early on um you know, you go to a school where you're essentially paid, your parents pay for you to be better and to have more and better opportunities. You go to the best school that you get into because that's your best chance of getting a good job when you get out. So that's what I did. And the best school that I got into was very expensive and I'll never pay it off. Oppressed people end up acquiring the characteristics of their oppressors because that's what they know. Who is doing the including and what am I being included in? Because that matters. Just because I'm in doesn't mean that it's good. Not every seat at the table is worth having. I'm cool burning the whole house down. I don't mind starting over. I I got time. And you know that when they're like, oh, when you get older, you're going to get conservative. And I'm like, no, no. The the older I've gotten, the more like all-encompassing, inclusive and liberal I've gotten. So maybe I'm going the wrong way. I'm Benjamin Buttoning politically. One of their concerns is that I was quitting my PhD to become a clown. (laughs) And... (laughs) Like the ones with the red nose and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching, I started 
enjoying watching works in progress by established comedians mm -hmm. and seeing them because I mean at first I was only seeing like stand-up specials so the very curated very edited put together yeah. you know um, and then started seeing live shows but but sort of like tours so still very honed you know yeah. material and then when I started watching works in progress of sort of like big acts that I'd, I'd really admired I you know you see them fail you see a joke not land and you see them die and no one laugh and they just sort of like it didn't phase them so I was just sort of like oh my god I want that I want that skill because I mean one little bad thing would happen to me and I would be like oh my god that's it I need to you know not go out for a week and cry that's probably why both of us went into improv because talk about the most immediate thing possible is thinking on your feet yeah you were always the token woman the first time I ever did stand up I was quite young. I traveled down to London. I was so excited to be in the big smoke. It was the little Caitlin's adventure in London. I went to, is it still running? The Lion's Den? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. Like Shaftesbury Avenue, I, I don't know. And it was a bit of an odd venue. They had a sign up that was like, uh, women, if you take your bra off, you get a free drink and stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. So I did my set and it was fine. I don't think it was like amazing. I think I did, I had a good time, you know. Um, and this guy had been really friendly all night, but I was like a little baby. So I was like, he's just being friendly. Whereas now I'd be like, fuck off. Don't even yeah. look at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just being nice. And then at the very end, he was like, hey, do you want to come back to mine? And he's like 40. And I was like, oh no. No, I don't think so. That No, that doesn't sound like a thing I want to do. So he followed me home. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, he, well, I say fo he followed me to where I was staying, mm -hmm. uh, which was a long way away. And I only noticed when I was in the tube. I would say it was brave of me to even return to stand up. And I think that's like what I was thinking in general when it comes to stand up. I think, and, mm, and I think this can, again, be extrapolated outwards. I think every, I don't know, like woman, queer person, non-white person, person with a disability has been in a room, well, in a room where stand-up's taking place, but also a room in general, where they feel like their presence is not respected in some way. Mm -hmm. So jokes or whatever's happening. And I think it's brave to say, nevertheless, I will be heard. You will listen to me. I will stand up and you will listen. When you tell somebody you're a comedian, they think of like the biggest comedians in the world. They're like, oh, you're going to be like Jerry Seinfeld. And it's like, yeah. no, no one does that. Like in any profession, there's like the working level, which is like the non-famous, you know, pe people who go into computer programming, they're not all like the best computer programmers in the world or yeah. whatever. Or like people who go into sales or teaching, like, you're just, you're doing your job, you know, you're doing the thing that you partly like and you partly are able to do. Yeah. And mine is acting and improv teaching. I like, I like those things, but I don't know. I'm not like Del Close or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Or, you know, pick, what, pick whatever guess, name yeah. is, I can't, there's no such thing as a famous like improv teacher, but like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You can't compare yourself to the top, but I think friends automatically compare you to the very best. There's such an exploitative aspect to the entertainment industry that is just accepted. Yeah. And I'm not about it. 
and, and also I feel I feel that performers need to be more sincere <laughs> to be more honest about how they make their living because there's a lot of misleading information yeah. going around there's a lot of people that claim that they're getting by doing things that actually they're getting more help than they, they claim that they are and to people like like you and me like who we we, we cannot decide moving to our parents house because they don't live in yeah. the UK <laughs> They don't live in the UK. And I cannot just like struggle financially for, for a few months and just have my parents like, send me money because they, they are, my dad is about to retire. They, they, I cannot ask them. Yeah. I cannot. I, I'm almost 30. I cannot do that. They, they are not rich. So I think like I, I, I personally would appreciate if, if like people were more honest about it and more clear about whether getting their money, for, especially when they're giving you advice about quitting your job. Yeah. Maybe they should tell you, uh, by the way, <laughs> my family gives me a few hundred pounds every month. So that's how I do it. <laughs> then I will take their advice with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's just like sucks because like on one end, you don't want to be like, like people argue that like doing doing open mics is what gets you like to be a better comedian because you have gone through all this shit and you sat through all the stuff and then you can be really good and adaptable. But then like, yeah, like I, you know, and then I argue it's like it's just nice to also be in like a safe, supportive space where you can try things and, you know, all that. So it's like I see both sides where like people kind of sneer at people who I feel like people are being coddled if they you know go to like all women open mics or all queer open mics or they do shows or they are not really like respecting the open mic circuit but on the other end it's like yeah why am i gonna subject myself to like hearing people that are bad or offensive or like unwelcoming environment or like not safe yeah. environment for me by by creating community i had i had become a better individual yeah and it led to opportunity because of that now whether or not that's a good or a bad thing that's for someone to else to decide i liked it it was fun um the interactions that you're having online or dealing with like your shows or your podcasts or interacting with people it's like it's you creating ideas and being funny with them um which is all performances like yeah there's like an audience of 10 or 20 or 30 or like 100 affirm your joy affirm the good things that are happening because that is what you could learn from I want to finish this first season by thanking from the bottom of my heart all the guests that gave their time to chat to me. It was wonderful to have this opportunity to connect to people during COVID and a period of isolation and be able to talk to people all over the world. I hope that the fact that life is happening outside now doesn't mean that it will become more difficult to connect to people in this way because it's really, really probably the best thing of the last year and a half. So thank you so much to all my 49 guests for coming into a Zoom session and chatting with sometimes someone they don't even know. Thank you. I will put all their details in the show notes so like follow them support them shout about them go to their shows donate to their gofundmes i don't know if any of them has them listen to their albums watch their movies 
you know, do your thing. And here are all the 49 guests of Dowdy Season 1. I'm Yanis Cove. I'm Ariane Anantapitri. My name is Monica Gaga. I am Charlie George. My name's Lindsay. My surname's Banal. They're both spelt weirdly. I'm Francesca Reed. And Issa Vinacheta. My name is Millie. My name is Carmen Ali. I'm Dahlia Malik. I'm Caitlin Powell. I'm Laura. My name is Megan Harris. Stephen Lee. Stephen Cheddar. I'm Bruce Tan. My name is Victoria. Verona Rose. My name's Honey Leavitt. Luke Gonzalez. My name is Shinya Moraish. I'm Ray. Edge, formerly known as Regina by my mother. I'm Ruby Martin. My name's Emily Kennedy Barnes. Michaela Birch. Will Hines. Raquel. Raquel. I'm Roxy. Patrick Keane. My name is Alice Sanders. My name is Shalaka. Kathy Manura. My name is Erica Lee Martin. Isabel Florence. Karis Bradley. Helen Duff. My name is Connor Ratliff. Patrick Cotner. I am Rachel Chada. I'm Chloe Hale. Rabia Kuhn. Winston Carter. Hi, my name is Shem. Hannah Ayub. Janet. Pauline Eyre. Sachandrika Chakrabarti. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianas Beats on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all Dowdy updates and other silly content. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. So please head over to iTunes to give Dowdy a bump. If you've enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends, share on your socials using the hashtag DowdyPod, or drop me a DM. All good vibes welcome. Huge thank you to Shem Pennant for the intro and outro jingle and for being present in my life. If you'd like to support my work, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Marianas Beats. I've been Marianas. Until next week.